following us online. Um, we're going to start today's service with the hymn of creation. Morning has broken. Uh, here at Sidman, that's number 60 in your hymnal. Please remain standing for the affirmation of faith. We'll be reading this responsibly. Uh, it's Psalm 119, verses 1 through 8, and it can be either found on the screen or in your pew, pew Bible on page 527. Blessed are those whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. They do no wrong, but follow his ways. Oh, that my ways were steadfast in obeying your decrees. That I would not be ashamed when I consider all your commands. I will praise you with an upright heart as I learn your righteous laws. Okay, if everybody will please be seated now for the announcements, and we don't have many here. Um, in, in Sidman here, the only one is that we're going to be uh, taking down the Christmas decorations. Um, that is next Sunday after service. Um, and then the uh, announcements for the charge, uh, Wednesday, um, February 22nd is Ash Wednesday. 
and Sunday 319 Lenten service at Dunlow with guest speaker John Kim Kimpa Kimpa okay it's in the, you can read it in the, the bulletin um, and I guess that's all the announcements for any, does anybody have any other announcements okay um, then if we'd all please stand and uh, we're going to sing the hymn of trust open my eyes that I may see um, and that's in 381 if you want to follow that in the hymnal Exchange Sunday, so I'd like to introduce Roger Miller, and he will be running the rest of the service for us. I'm not sure Roger Miller's qualified to run anything, but you're stuck with me for a little while. I know you're going to miss Bruce, Pastor. He's a good man. Probably one of the finest people I've ever met. And I'm sure you all realize that. He's got a 
got a heavy task every Sunday here in Beaverdale, then Dunlow. And I sometimes think I have a heavy task just being in one church. Yeah. So I admire him for his ability to do that. Today I want to speak about faith. We have a lot of people that describe what faith is. I've heard it said faith is the substance of things hoped for and the anticipation of things to come. And there's probably as many definitions of faith as there are people on earth. But to me, faith, faith is something that comes, at least the faith that we live by, is what comes from God. And I'm going to take a few lines from the book of Job today. A man of infinite faith. I'm going to read uh, 19, Job 19, verses 25 to 27. For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. And though after my skin worms destroy his, this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God, whom I shall see for myself, and mine eyes shall behold, and not another, though my reins be consumed within me. Job, Job was a man of infinite faith, faith in God. You know, as he talked about his Redeemer, I believe that Job knew that there was a Redeemer coming. That was Jesus Christ. This is quite a few years before Christ made his appearance in the birth. But Job knew and understood his relationship with God. And his relationship with God is what gave him the faith that he had to persevere through the trials Satan was allowed to put him through. For you remember when Satan made the agreement with God, God said, you can do anything you want to Job, but you can't kill him. Job was a very rich man, probably the richest man of his time. He lost everything. While he was going through this torment, he had friends come that were going to try to bolster him up. They didn't bolster Job in any way. If you read Job, they tore him down. Even his wife, even his wife told him he should die. Just give up, die, lay down and die. Or kill yourself. You don't need to do this. You've done something wrong. Yet Job kept his faith. He may have faltered a little bit in his trial, but he always kept his faith. Job knew that God had always been with him and always would be, and that's faith. Now, how do we know if we've got faith? Everybody in here has faith of one kind or another, don't you? How do I know that? You're sitting in these pews. That's not a spiritual thing. You've got faith that that pew is not going to collapse under you. That's faith. 
it's not the faith of the Spirit, but it is faith in the things that we deal with on a daily basis. Is there any difference? I think so, because the difference is in what we believe. If we believe in God and we have the faith that He is true, then we have true faith. Does that make sense? I don't know. It makes sense to me. I hope it makes sense to you. Job went through a lot of misery. He was tested sorely. He lost all of his cattle. He lost all of his wealth. He lost his children. He lost his wife. Everything that he had that he valued was taken away from him. Satan was trying to destroy him and make him renounce God. Job never did. So what what gave Job the faith the, the excuse me, the strength for his conviction or of his conviction? What was it that kept him going? I tell you, I believe it was his faith. He had faith in God. He had faith that God would not desert him. And he had faith that God would never desert him. Faith. We need that faith in our lives. I know I need it in mine. Job, a job, job. Had a job once. No, I don't have a job. Job Job never lost his ideas and his faith because he understood what God had for him. He understood that no matter what he went through. I don't believe Job knew that it was the devil that was in charge. But he knew God was ultimately in charge. And he never lost that. He knew that when the time came, he would be vindicated by God and by his Savior. He said, and clearly said, I know that my Redeemer liveth. And Jesus Christ did live at that time, only he was not here on earth. Oh, he probably was, but we didn't know it. And the people at the time didn't know it. He had to be born to the man to accomplish the goals of God. Job knew and understood, and we should too. We should all know, a Christian, our salvation comes to us by what? By faith. We get that faith to know that God is our Savior his son. Jesus, of course, had not yet been born. But Job knew of him. He refers to him. He refers to the Redeemer. Jesus knew what he was being talked about. Job knew what he was talking about. Because remember the words in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. Now, if Jesus is the Word, and he tells us in other parts of the Scripture that he is the Word, then he was with God at that time. He was God. It's hard, hard concept to try you and God. 
Think of it this way. Aren't we all triune? Aren't we all people of flesh? And we have a spirit? And we have a soul? God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. God and Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit are one. They're all part of our God. They're all our God. Job knew that his day, that his Savior was yet to be born. He knew his Savior would be born, but he knew that his Savior was living then. And this is the faith, and Job had the faith to believe in God in all things. In spite of his tribulation, Job knew that his Redeemer was with him. He knew he was going to survive this tribulation, and he knew that God was going to be with him through the whole thing. And he was. Do we ever sometimes uh, forget that? You know, I think sometimes we come close if we don't actually forget. I'm standing before you just teaching what I believe and what God has told me in his holy book, the Bible. I don't know what version of the Bible you use. Those are many out there. I've always been with the King James, 1611. Then I'm a student of history. Love history. But we get our faith through our belief system. If we believe something, it's our belief. It helps us with our faith. I don't believe that everybody on earth is destined to go to hell. Some people do. I believe the Word, and the Word says that it came that all may be saved and live eternal life with Him. I had a good friend of mine who used to be a pastor at Mount Olive United Methodist. And Tom used to say to me, the only real difference between us is I'm a sprinkler and you're a dipper. Baptism. I scourge people. He sprinkled. Is there a difference? Not really. The idea is the same. You're buried in Christ and you rise in Christ. Being a Baptist, I'm not much different than you. My fishing buddy over in Winber is a Catholic priest. We have a lot of discussions. Of course, we don't agree on a whole lot theologically. But we have some interesting discussions. Why do we have faith? We have faith in God's Word because Jesus Christ came to earth a little over 2,000 years ago. And that was predicted probably several thousand years before that. But not only does that give us faith, but it gives us proof. God does what he says he's going to do. 
and we survive that way. It's Jesus Christ, though, who opens the gates for our salvation. Each and every one of us. We survive because Christ came. We could still be living as the people did in the time of Job. But we don't make sacrifices anymore, not animal sacrifices or any other. But we should be making sacrifices. We should sacrifice ourselves to the life work of Christ and God. When we lose someone we dearly love, I think that's maybe the biggest test of our faith that we can have. A few weeks ago, on January 10th, my wife had a massive stroke and died. I know she went to heaven. She was, anybody who met her knew she was a Christian. But did I lose my wife? No. I've still got my ring on. Probably never take it off. She was buried with her rings on. I know that my wife is now in heaven because of my faith. My faith in what God tells us. But I do know also that Job had faith because he believed there was only one God, one true God. He knew that uh, he would stand before God at the judgment day, as we all will. Some people believe that there will be a, a judgment day someday in the future, and all that have died will then be judged. I believe a little differently. I believe that when we die, we go before ju the judge, the ultimate judge, God, and it's from that point that we're deducted. I picture Jesus standing on the side over here as the defender, the devil over here as the prosecutor. And when the devil starts to speak, Jesus says, I bought him, he's mine. Case closed. Just my way of looking at it. I may be wrong, but I don't think so. But I do know we should always be ready because we don't know when God's going to call us. And to my way of thinking, and I could be wrong, but I don't think I am, the death of this physical body is not the death of our soul. It's a transition that we go through into the new life, the life with Christ and with God. I'm very sad that my wife is no longer with me. But I'm glad to know where she is. She's in a far better place than we ever have here on earth. Death, I think, brings us immediately into the presence of God, our judge. All of us in this room, sooner or later, are going to face death. I'm almost 80 years old. I've done a lot of things I probably shouldn't have done, but I know that God has forgiven me. I was always bothered by the fact I spent three tours of duty in Vietnam as a combat infantryman. I was a qualified sniper. 
always bothered me, still does, people that I've killed. But I have faith that Jesus Christ is going to forgive me. I don't think I ever did anything that was unjustified in combat. But we're all going to face death, and we're all going to face that final judgment. Hebrews 9, I think it's 9.27, tells us that all, I think it says something like, each one man will die once, and after that the judgment. Hebrews tells us the judgment comes immediately. We're not going to wait 100 years or 1,000 years of our time or whatever fate before Christ returns. But I don't think any Christian who has accepted Christ as Savior, none need to fear that judgment because if you've accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've already met the test. You've come to that. Christians, as we are, are saved by faith. And it's faith that will take us all to heaven. That's basically, oh, somebody got a call. Basically, that's what I have to say. But I would like to ask now if anybody has any prayers. You need prayer for anything. Speak up and let's collectively pray for whatever it is. Could be something good, could be something that's bothering you, could be something you don't know. But I'm willing to try to answer any questions and to pray with anybody that wants to pray. I know this is a short sermon, if you want to call it that. But I was following Bruce's edict, so to speak, because he said, don't ever go beyond 925. <laughs> and you'll never make it to Beaverdale. And if you don't make it to Beaverdale, you're not going to make it to Dunlop. So he was pretty emphatic. You've got a good pastor. He is a good man. One of the best I've ever met in any faith. So, go. I'm sorry? Tom and Roseanne Burkett. And as well as our church is going through some transitions. Okay. And... We don't need to know what that is. God does know. Anything else? My cousin's Tammy. Tammy? Okay. Any others? Prayer requests of any kind or anything? Yes. Our son, Brian. Your son, Brian? Brian. Yeah. Brian. Help me to remember. Our son, Thomas. Thomas? I'm not sure I'll remember everybody's name, but we'll pray for all of them. God knows their name. I guess we don't need to. Sandy? I have a niece named Sandy. Please. Your grandma Kathy. Your grandma Kathy. Wilma. Wilma? Okay. Any others? For my husband Dave. Dave? Okay. Anything else? God knows what these needs are. I'm sorry? Jeremiah. Okay. Okay. Dear Lord, we come before you today in prayer and in knowledge 
that you are with us, that you know all these requests and what's needed. We ask, Lord, that you be with each and every person mentioned here. And Lord, we ask that you be with every person present here. Special blessings on those that are being prayed for and those who are present here. We ask that you be with any and all of these people. They're your people, they're your children, as am I. And I ask, Lord, that you be with each and every person here to grant not only salvation, and probably most have salvation, but grant solace. Grant to these people, each and every one, the, the needs that they have that will make their lives better and more comfortable for them, and therefore more comfortable for you. We thank you, Lord, for everything that you do for us, and we ask again that you remember each and every one of these people named to grant the needs that they have, whether it be healing or spiritual or any other problems or assets or loves that they have in their lives. We ask you touch them and give each a special blessing this morning. We pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Is there any uh, anything I can answer? Any questions I can ask or ask? I ask a lot of questions. I'm always asking questions. The answers are always found in here. It's uh, been with me for a lot of years. And you might be able to see by the wear on it. This green that's on here used to be gold. I guess it must have been fake gold because it sure turned green. But it doesn't matter. The words in this book are true. Everything in this book is true. I hear people tell me, but there's contradictions in that Bible. So show them to me. 80 years old. Nobody's ever shown me a contradiction in this Bible, because there are none. God is true to his word, and he gives us a word of truth. And I thank you all now for the courtesy that you've given me here, and I appreciate being here with you. And I'm sure you'll welcome Bruce back next Sunday, probably before that, probably most likely. Thank you all. Now, what are we going to do here at the end of this? Uh, I'm not familiar at all with your... I think I left the people back there. So, Paul, can you tell us where we're at going next? With him? Okay. I know you had good people here that were going to be able to lead me, right? We had two ushers come forward and please with our offertory for today.
The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen.